Welcome back to another episode of the Jacob Johnston Show. So let me point out front here that the sound quality may not be what you are used to, and I do apologize for that. It's just the normal equipment that I record on, mainly my computer, had crashed. And so I'm having to get a new hard drive installed and reinstall all of the software, and it's been taking a lot longer than expected because they didn't have everything in stock at the repair place and have been waiting on having to get everything ordered and shipped. And with all the supply chain issues, it's just been taking a really long time to get my normal recording equipment and computer repaired. So I'm having to use a much older laptop in order to do the initial recording on, and it doesn't have nearly the processing power. So um, the audio may kind of freeze up from time to time and I have to re-record something. So it may not be as smooth flowing as you're used to either. But in that, for some reason, I get a little bit of an interference, like there's something wrong with the USB ports on this computer. So I'm going to try and edit that out as best possible. But just know that the sound quality may not be up to par. And I do apologize for that. It's the reason why I haven't been podcasting lately is because uh, I've been debating whether or not the lack of sound quality would be rude in some respects to you, the audience, because I know you've come to expect a certain level of quality in the sound. So I've been holding back, hoping to get my equipment back from the repair place. But since that hasn't been happening and since a lot has been going on, I figured maybe I'll test this out. Let me know from you, the audience whether or not you can deal with the decrease in sound quality in the show. All right, so enough about that. Let's go ahead and get into the episode. So the Democrats are continuing to panic, and they are panicking hard regarding the upcoming 2022 midterm election. Now, it's interesting here as we take a look at this, a panic over a midterm election, because usually the panic doesn't set in until we really get in to that election cycle, say around, you know, April, May, and June of the election year. But in this particular instance, panic over the 2022 midterm election started almost immediately after Joe Biden was installed into the White House. And there's a lot of problems with the Biden administration and their handling of the economy and so forth. Now, first, you start off by recognizing that Joe Biden everyone knows is an unconstitutionally seated person in the White House, that his installation was based off of fraud. And you can't have a constitutionally legitimate president from an illegal and unconstitutionally conducted election. But even more so than that is the panicking over how unpopular his policies are. And of course they're unpopular. They've done nothing but inflict pain and suffering on everybody. And as that, the Democrats are desperate to try and claim that something worked, that there is at least one thing about the Biden administration that hasn't been a complete and total clusterfuck. But their narratives on that has just completely failed. They're not able to come up with anything positive about the Biden administration. And so they try to focus all of their attention still on President Trump, trying to go off and, well, We'll get to it a little bit more, but they're still trying to go off and claim the Trump-Russia collusion, even though that's been debunked every which way possible. You got the SEC that is going off and targeting Trump. You know, the government once again abusing his powers to target political opponents. And we'll get into that a little bit more later on into the show. But the Democrats are trying to figure out something that they can claim as a success. Because just going off and attacking President Trump with more debunked narratives, more lies, and all of that isn't going to be a winning strategy. After all, Trump's not in office. How do you attack someone who's not in office and try to blame them for all the problems that didn't emerge until Biden took office and started rolling back Trump's successful policies and implementing the failed policies of the Biden administration? And so they're trying to figure out a way to craft a narrative. And of course, the White House has met with members of the media trying to demand more favorable coverage around the economy. And the media, well, CNN at least, is going off and obliging the Biden administration, 
trying to trying to go off and claim huge success over a few cent decline in gas prices. Yes, they're trying to claim that the reduction in gas prices by a few cents is proof that the Biden administration's policies are working. And here's Biden trying to sell you on this crap. Seven cents a gallon continue to fall. We're making progress. We're going to keep at it to ensure the American people are paying their fair share for gas, not being gouged for gas. Woo, we're supposed to be excited that gas prices went down seven cents. And we're supposed to believe that this is proof that the Biden administration policies are working, except for there's a few problems here. And this is around the time that the Democrats have put out that chart trying to make it look like gas prices have declined drastically by using the y-axis as fractional cents to make a two-cent decline look like a huge drop. But no one's buying the crap that the Democrats are trying to sell here. Because when we take a look at this, a seven-cent reduction in price, this is after, well, depending on where you live, between $1 and $2 increases in the cost of gas. I mean, I take a look at my area and compare the gas prices now to the gas prices a year ago, and it's over a dollar more. So they're wanting to go off and brag about seven cent decline, but that's not even a fraction. Well, that's only a fraction of what the increase has been since he took office. So this is what the Democrats tried to do. This is how Obama went off and tried to claim that he cut the deficit. But, you know, the largest cut in the deficit uh, you know, historic. Well, that's after historic increases in the deficit. So what they do is they drastically in- increase prices on everybody through the implementation of their crappy policies, their attacks on the economy. So you'll see them engage in policies that will, you know, just for example, increase prices, say 50%. And so when they come back later and go, well, we cut uh we our policies got the prices down five percent you're supposed to celebrate even though with that 50 percent increase you're still looking at a 45 percent increase but they're still trying to say we cut prices no you didn't it's still a 45 percent increase you may have you know reduced the increase but you still increased it and this is what obama did when it came to the deficit He created a historic, massive amount of deficit, you know, increase to the deficit. And then when he cut his increase in half, so he doubled the deficit, then he reduced it by half. And then he's going, see, I cut the deficit in half. Well, it was actually still up 50%. So he still increased the deficit. But what they were doing is they were going back and and putting the starting marker for the decrease after their huge increase. And this is what Biden is trying to do with gas prices. After engaging in policies that caused gas prices to shoot up by about $1.50, now he's coming back and saying, we got it down seven cents. See, our policies are still working. And they expect you to be too dumb to know what's really going on. They expect you to have the memory of a goldfish that you can't remember what gas prices were a year ago when Trump was in office. And that you're really going to celebrate seven cents. I mean, this is back when uh, earlier this year, they were trying to go off and say, after massive inflation, cost of hot dogs went down. What? uh, What was that? About eight cents, six cents, something to that effect. And you were supposed to celebrate. And this was proof that his policies were working. Of course, this is after the cost of the hot dogs drastically increased. So you're supposed to ignore how much prices have gone up and celebrate that there's been a reduction in the price increase. Is it any wonder that Biden is the most unpopular person to sit in the White House? Now, there's a lot more uh, reasons for that, mainly his constitutional illegitimacy, but the crap that has been his policies, the complete dumpster fire, since he has been installed into office, is another reason why he is the most unpopular person to ever sit in the White House. Now, he doesn't have the benefit of claiming some sort of minority or 
somehow historically victim identity you know, to help try and prop him up. No, no, no. So we got nothing but a complete and total dumpster fire coming out of the Biden administration. So is it any wonder that the Democrats are out there panicking about the 2022 midterms far quicker than in any previous administration? So when you take a look at this and you take a look at, say, uh, the midterm elections for Trump, the Republicans weren't panicking this early about the 2022 midterms. I mean, not the 2022 midterms, sorry, the 2018 midterms. Now, the Republicans could have easily won the, that midterm if they weren't indulging the Democrats in the fake Trump-Russia hoax and agreeing to the phony Mueller investigation if it wasn't for the Republicans actually aiding the Democrats and attacking President Trump with all of this phony investigation crap. The Republicans could have easily won because Trump was popular for the most part and his policies were wildly successful. But with Biden, the panic over the midterm elections happened within just a couple of months of him being installed into office. I mean, one of Biden's first actions was to kill tens of thousands of jobs. When you actually take a look at all the ancillary jobs, you know, the secondary jobs that supported the primary jobs of the Keystone Pipeline, he you know, it was, resulted more than, you know, several hundred thousand jobs that Biden had destroyed in his first week in office. And it's only been a dumpster fire since then. So as being reported by The Blaze, Dems reportedly worried Biden's scary poll numbers will lead to midterm bloodbath. Some start to distance themselves from Biden. So the Democrats on Capitol Hill are reportedly becoming increasingly worried that Joe Biden's cratering favorability ratings may lead to a bloodbath at the ballot box. Now, let's first recognize that Biden never had any good favorability numbers, not based off of his policies, his agendas, or his actual claim, but based off of the pure propaganda that the Democrats were running in the media by so-called journalists at CNN and NBC, MSNBC, and so forth, who are just nothing but propaganda outlets, that they created a false sense of what Biden was, just like they did with Obama. You know, they completely lied to the country and tried covering up all the scandals and abuses. But in any event, the article goes on. Multiple members acknowledged to Political over the weekend that the poll numbers underscore a changing tide in American politics that the party needs to respond to and fast. Well, that's just it. You know, uh, that, that is one of the issues here. It's not that there's a changing tide in American politics. It's that the Democrats hold on power is dependent upon the people not being informed. It's based off of lying to the American people, hiding scandals of the Democrat Party, and making sure that the people don't know what the Democrats are actually doing. It's, it's, it's a situation here where when the Democrats are in the minority position, they can lie as much as they want because they have the benefit of not actually being in charge of anything. And when the Republicans are in charge, the country actually benefits and prospers when, when there's a real conservative that is in the White House. So the Democrats can go off and lie. You know, they can go off and create false claims about, oh, evil capitalism. But then when they get into office and they actually implement their policies and people get to see the actual results of the Democrats' policies, people really don't like it. Plus, when you take a look at Project Veritas, you see that the Democrats, when running for office, lie. They, they not only lie, they purposely lie. They brag about how much they lie to the American people in order to get elected. So they can go off and try and claim that their policies are popular. Well, not the policies that they actually plan on implementing. They might have some sort of you know, claim to the policies that they claim that they support, but the policies that they claim or engage in or whatever during the campaign is just them lying to the American people. So at best, they can say people 
like the lies that they promote on the campaigns. But when it comes to it, when the Democrats are in office implementing their real agenda, their real policies, people don't like it. So it goes on and says, uh, the president has seen his ratings plummet in recent months as multiple crises, including a botched withdrawal from Afghanistan, the crisis at the southern border, the struggling economy, continue to grip the country and voters blame at the feet of Biden and the Democrat Party. And rightfully so, I might add. That's not even to mention the emergence of a new COVID-19 variant, Omicron, which is another thing. People are sick of the Democrats trying to use the pandemic, you know, COVID, as an excuse for an, over, for an authoritarian overthrow of democracy and the Constitution. They were able to use COVID-19 to justify operating the elections illegally and unconstitutionally in order to be able to get away with massive amounts of election fraud in order to gain power to begin with. And people are getting tired of all of these hypocritical lockdowns. Have you ever noticed how they're not talking about hospitalizations or deaths as it relates to COVID, that they're just talking about infection rates? Well, okay, the cold has a high infection rate, you know, but would we lock down the economy or kill our economy? for the cold just because of infections? No. Why? Because there's a high survival rate. And with COVID, the survival rate was 99.7%. Think about that. 99.7% survival rate. Now, of course, we didn't know that at the beginning, but we know that now. And when we take a look at the data, we know that the Democrats have falsified the data, inflating the numbers. You know, we've covered that many times over all the ways that they have gone through and inflated the number. So people are tired of the excuse of COVID-19 for their authoritarian overthrow of freedom and democracy. Now, meanwhile, the article reads, Biden and his team have insisted that Americans will come around and simply don't feel the positive effects of his accomplishments yet. What accomplishments? There is no accomplishment. We don't feel it. I mean, we feel it. We feel the effects of your policies. And they are anything but positive. They are a complete and total dumpster fire that has done nothing but spread pain and misery on the American people. And even the Democrats' own internal polling has Biden underwater. Now, the only good news here that I can see is that with everything going on, it does set up for Trump to really come back in uh, 2024 and win a second term. You know, people take a look at the results of his first term, take a look at Biden and go, you know, Trump cleaned up Obama's mess pretty well. He's likely to be able to clean up Biden's mess. You know, people go off and realize how much better things were under Trump, you know, and how the economy was booming. They were getting real wages and all of that. And they may be longing for the days of the Trump administration when things were going great for the country. Now, it's funny because I have recently uh, seen an article here, uh, and I posted it on my social accounts about how there is uh, talks that after the 2022 midterms, that the Republicans in the House are actually going to nominate President Trump to become Speaker of the House, which then sets up the line of succession so that if the Republicans can cor uh, come together to impeach Biden and Harris, Trump would once again be in office for the remaining two years, and then still be eligible for re-election. So we could end up with a total of 10 years of Trump, which would actually be great for the country. <sighs> but yeah, we take a look at all of this and we see that the Democrats are starting to distance themselves from the Biden administration, you know, realizing how bad it's going to be for them in 2022, which goes off to see here that, you know, Biden, just like Obama, is very bad for the Democrat Party. Now, Trump was actually pretty good for the uh, Republican Party. You know, Trump was really good at being able to, you know, coalesce or get people excited about the Republican Party and win a lot on the state levels. It's just the Republican Party kept shooting themselves in the foot by trying to distance themselves from Trump and support the phony investigation. But Biden is very toxic to the Democrat Party. 
and it's going to set up losses that make the Obama's losses look like nothing. And this is where we start seeing a crack in the Democrats' Borg hive-like mentality, where they're now starting to openly oppose each other. I mean, yes, it's kind of funny to see Biden, you know, smack down AOC, but you see AOC fighting with other Democrats. You got Joe Manchin and uh, Cinema, I believe, um, that is going out there and saying, no, 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 we're not going to support the Democrat president's signature policy agenda. This is horrible for the nation. You know, and we start seeing the Democrats who, if they stuck together, could get what they want passed for the most part, actually openly defying the party leadership and going, yeah, you know, we, we may have been uh, bored drones for you all these years, but um, yeah, I'm not going to support this because I could never get elected again if I did. The disunity and open, basically, what, inter-party war, civil war, is something that we have never seen in the Democrat Party before, at least nowhere near at this level. Normally, it's the Borg queen or king goes out there and issues the orders and all the other drones with the hive mind go out and do exactly what they're told without question. And that's over. What has changed? Well, they take a look at Biden and see that the complete dumpster fire is horribly unpopular. So what can they do? Well, to try and distract from the dumpster fire, they keep trying to go after President Trump. They keep trying to push long debunked Russia collusion, the long debunked dossier. And you have Adam Schiff trying to introduce legislation targeting President Trump using the dossier that everyone has already admitted is complete fictional nonsense that the whole Trump-Russia collusion was complete bullcrap. But they have to keep pushing that in order to distract from their many failures. And as they do, they get taken to the woodshed. They get embarrassed at their continued attacks on President Trump. And so here is Representative Steve Cohen trying to go after President Trump, hoping that if they just keep attacking Trump even more, that people will ignore all the failures of the Democrats, all the pain and suffering that the Democrats are implementing on the American people. There's nothing more important in this government and this Congress than protecting democracy. And democracy was threatened by Donald Trump. And this bill, which Adam Schiff has sponsored with many co-sponsors, protects democracy. It puts checks and balances on the president. No person should have unfettered power. And the president tried to use the pardon power to take care of people who took care of him to shut him up so they wouldn't testify against him. Roger Stone, Mike Flynn, you name it, down to his Paul Manafort. He pardoned people who lied, who grifted, who dealt with the Russians, who were part of the conspiracy to take over the election by communicating with Kalimnikov and getting information out there in the social media to beat Hillary Clinton and elect Donald Trump the most disgusting presidency in the history of this country, and that's why this bill is so important. So there's Rep. Steve Cohen, Democrat of Tennessee, going off and saying, President Trump was such a threat to democracy, we can't actually say anything legitimate that he actually did to threaten democracy, and but he was a threat. And then reporting all of the debunked claims. You know, the whole Trump-Russia collusion, which has been debunked in every way, shape, or form. The only threat to democracy that we have seen in the last 20 years have all been coming from the Democrat side of the aisle. The Democrats who paid for a phony dossier circulated it to the FBI in order to attack a presidential campaign and then try to overthrow the results of the 2016 election. They want to go off and say, oh, Trump talked and his campaign people talked with Russians except for they didn't. They, they, they See, it doesn't matter to the Democrats that their claims have been debunked, exposed as complete and total lies. It doesn't matter. They just keep repeating it. This is what gaslighting is. You tell a lie, you repeat it loudly, confidently, and often until people just accept it as truth, even despite the evidence proving how false it is. And they keep this up. They have nothing. And then they want to go off and talk about January 6th 
right? And yet we know their narrative of January 6th is a complete and total lie. First off, you had Trump going out there and saying, you must peacefully protest. It must remain peaceful. Now, I've joked that, you know, based off of the Democrats' coverage of all the Antifa and Black Lives Matter riots, that in their claims that those were mostly peaceful protests, that maybe people got confused on what peaceful protesting looks like. You know, just use the Democrats' narrative or the Democrats' a promotion of what a peaceful protest is and just got confused. I, I, I know I joked about that, but let's face it. From the pictures of that day, we know that there are known Antifa thugs who dressed up as Trump supporters, as long as well as FBI agents who have been caught doing some very disgusting things, not only knowingly using a phony dossier to attack a presidential campaign and try to overthrow a sitting president, but have also been behind putting together the plot to kidnap Governor Whitmer to actively recruit people to the plot that they created and then in order to arrest them. And so we know that FBI agents were there and we know, you know, the problems with the FBI being a very corrupt institution along with Antifa members, which is why out of the people that they have arrested in charge, the only charges that they have is trespassing. Now, how you can trespass in the people's house, I don't know. But that's the most that they can do is claim trespassing, despite video of the Capitol Police telling them they're allowed to come in. So they were invited in, and yet they're being charged with trespassing. And then we, when you take a look at the violence and see all the you know, members of Antifa that were dressed up as Trump supporters and so forth, we all know that it was a false flag operation that they had gone through and engaged in. But the Democrats will never let go of a narrative no matter how much of a lie it's proven to be, no matter how many times it's been completely and totally debunked. But the lie, the big lie, is all the Democrats have to go on because they have no record of success that people would support. They have no positive results of a policy agenda. They have nothing. So all they have is to just lie to the American people and try to continue to attack President Trump, based off of the false narratives, and hoping that running against Trump in 2022, who's not even on the ballot or in public office, will somehow lead to a victory. Now, of course, Jim Jordan comes in and completely demolishes the Democrats' talking points and exposes the Democrats as being the single greatest threat to democracy. Not only their attempts to use knowingly false information to use Russian propaganda in order to attack a sitting president, but also a few other things that the Democrats have done. Now, it's interesting that the bill that they are debating here to try and attack President Trump with is authored by Adam Schiff, the person who was most responsible to lying to the American people and leading the attempted coup against President Trump with that phony dossier. So here's Rep. Jim Jordan tearing in to the Democrats and exposing them as the biggest threat to democracy. Americans want safer streets, affordable gas, and freedom. Instead, Democrats give us record crime levels, record inflation, and another bill attacking President Trump. Sponsored by the guy who spent years misleading the Congress and, more importantly, the country on Trump-Russia investigation, on the Mueller investigation, on impeachments. Remember when the sponsor of the bill said that his office didn't meet with the whistleblower? Found out that wasn't true. Remember when the sponsor of the bill told us that we would hear from the whistleblower during impeachment? We'd actually have real process instead of having hearings and depositions in the basement, in the bunker of the Capitol. Remember when the sponsor told us this? There was more than circumstantial evidence that President Trump colluded with Russia. That turned out to be false. Bob Mueller said it was false. Everyone knew it was false. In fact, it was such baloney, even the Washington Post, even the Washington Post has had to retract and change things from stories 
because they said, oh, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of false information in that dossier that they used to go spy on President Trump's campaign. And I think this is important to understand. Sponsored this legislation wasn't just any member of Congress, Mr. Speaker. He wasn't just any chairman of a committee in Congress. He was the chairman of the Intelligence Committee, the committee that gets additional information from anyone else in the country making those claims that were not accurate. So maybe instead of having another bill that attacks President Trump because Democrats are afraid he's going to run and he's going to win in 2024, so they want to do everything they can to attack him, maybe instead of another bill attacking President Trump, we should actually focus on things that the American people care about. You know, you can attack President Trump all you want. I know of one thing. A year ago, border was secure. Sure was. A year ago, cities were safe. Safer than they are today. A year ago, we didn't have a 31-year high inflation. We actually had wages going up, real wages. A year ago, a year ago, we didn't have a Department of Justice, Department of Justice attacking moms and dads putting a label, a designation, a threat tag on parents who simply go to school board meetings and speak out against a racist hate America curriculum. No, we didn't have that a year ago. But you guys can keep attacking the president all you want, not addressing the issues that the American people care about. We're going to speak about the issues they care about. We're going to try to do everything we can to slow down your crazy agenda that is driving up the price of everything. Now, Jim Jordan is absolutely correct in that clip. And he sounds really good when he goes off and he talks and he takes the Democrats to task. I just hope he's not another Trey Gowdy. Remember Trey Gowdy, uh, how he was always good in the hearings, you know, and holding Obama administration officials and taking them to task in the hearings. And his videos of his questions and comments would go viral all over social media. But in the end, he didn't do nothing. He was all talk, no action. And so I hope that when the Republicans take back vast control, you know, a wide control of the House and the Senate, that they do more than just talk, that they do more than just hold hearings in which Biden administration officials don't answer anything and don't say much of anything and just, I don't know, the absolute nothingness that comes out of these hearings, but rather that they hold them to account. And that they use the power of impeachment to do things like remove Merrick Garland and to impeach Biden and Harris. But we'll see. Maybe they'll also go after the SEC, the Security and Exchange Commission. After all, with all the attacks on President Trump, the last thing that the Democrats want is for Trump to be back on social media with the ability to communicate directly with the public. I mean, that's one of the things about the bans, you know, from Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube is that the Democrats needed to take away President Trump's ability to speak so that they can attack him all he want, all they want. And he's unable to respond. You know, they even go through and they take down any uh, interviews with President Trump. They basically said that nothing related to President Trump can be on social media. They need to prevent you from being able to hear him, you know, take away his ability to defend himself in the court of public opinion and expose the Democrats for what they are. So, as you know, uh, Digital World Acquisition Corp and Trump Media's company are planning on a merger, according to an article from CNBC. And what happens? The SEC is immediately targeting them, immediately going through and putting them under investigation. For absolutely no basis or reason. Of course, they try to manufacture a claim, but we know the Democrats. We know how they operate. They'll make up a bogus claim and then use it to violate the, a person's rights, abuse their position in government. And then when it gets exposed as the complete and total corruption that it is, no one's ever held accountable for anything. They just get away with abusing government to target the political opponents of Democrats. It is sickening. You know, the SEC, you know, whoever's launching this investigation needs to be fired and prosecuted for public corruption, for abuse of power. Of course, there's a lot of people at the FBI that need to be fired and prosecuted for corruption and abuse of power. 
All right. So we'll just go through here. There's a couple more stories here. So Biden is restarting nuclear talks with Iran. The Biden administration, in doing so, already waived sanctions on Iran to allow the regime to sell electricity to Iraq. They waited uh, over 10 days after waiving uh, the sanctions to notify Congress about it. And so Biden, in trying to restart the Iran nuclear deal, which was a complete and total disaster, a failure, you know, Iran wasn't actually abiding by the deal. You know, the, 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 it, Obama, you know, the, never met a country chanting death to America that he didn't like. And so they were going off with this Iran nuclear deal, and it was funding, allowing for the funding of terrorism for Iran to be able to develop nuclear weapons that they could eventually use on the United States and so forth. Trump ended that deal, rightfully so. So Biden, in trying to re-get the deal, already preemptively gave away his negotiating position, already waived sanctions on Iran, who has now been uh, pocketing loads of money, at least the leaders of the regime. And what has the result been? Well, predictable. Um, So Joe Biden and his administration went off to restart the Iran deal that Barack Obama had initially set up in 2015. And after waiving sanctions, Iran pretty much just said, nah, we don't want to re-enter the deal. No, we're good. We're good. So not only uh, is Iran not offering any concessions, not offering to actually do anything to scale back their nuclear weapons program, but concessions that they had previously made, they've walked back. So Joe Biden waived sanctions, you know, already conceding to Iran in order to develop goodwill, which we don't need with Iran. It's them who needs to develop goodwill with us. But he already waived sanctions, came at it from a position of weakness. And Iran just said, yeah, thanks for the waiver of sanctions. We're pocketing all this money. And by the way, um, yeah, we're not redoing the uh, the deal. And any concessions that we made previously, uh, we are now revoking and deciding we're not making any concessions. So they walk away with a bunch of money, sanctions relief, and Joe Biden gets nothing in return. This is why people hate government, especially when run by Democrats. They are complete incompetent idiots. They are incompetent at at everything. They claim to be the smartest, the science-driven, the experts, and yet they fail at everything. They're wrong on everything because the truth is they don't follow the science. They have no experts. Only in the Democrat Party can you be wrong on everything and be considered an expert because for them, it's not about results. It's about narrative. As long as you remain loyal to the narrative, it doesn't matter if you're a complete clusterfuck. You know, he is putting the United States in danger, Joe Biden. I mean, he's already gone through and created the biggest assault on democracy in the history of the United States. He endlessly attacks our rights and freedoms under the Constitution, uses the power of government to target parents speaking out at school board meetings. Uh, it's complete authoritarianism. And then on top of that, we got rising crime and him putting the United States at risk by helping our foreign adversaries gain nuclear weapons with which to attack us with. You know, we need to be careful as a people here because before we know it, our freedoms will be gone because we are letting the most corrupt, the most power abuse of the most incompetent people into the halls of power, letting them being able to fraudulently take power, and they're destroying the country. You know, it's very easy to slide into tyranny. All you have to do is not do anything to stand up to the authoritarians. All you have to do is slowly concede more and more of your rights in hopes that they will stop assaulting your rights and freedoms. But once you're in tyranny, once you're under the authoritarian thumb, of a brutal dictator, it is very hard to get out from under that and gain your freedoms back. And make no mistake, the Democrats, if they had their way, if they 
If it wasn't for the Second Amendment, they would have already thrown out the Constitution, declared we had no rights, and be as brutal as any dictator throughout world history. You know, but they have to go at it very, very slowly because of the Second Amendment. And we need to decide at what point enough is enough. All right. Another uh, article here. So this one, uh, getting out from uh, D.C., a 16-year-old was lured to a party only to be viciously attacked by his peers. And so as the story uh, goes, Cole Hagen was a varsity football player and junior student at uh, Brazzawood High School, was lured to a party by his supposed friends. And over the and this was over last weekend that sometime after his younger brother had arrived at the party, he was coaxed, as far as uh, Corey uh, Hagen um, stated that after his younger brother arrived at the party, he was coaxed to go outside and check his truck because it allegedly had been damaged. But once outside, Corey claims that one or more teens jumped his brother and severely beat him, one allegedly striking him in the back of the head with a blunt object. And currently, the 16-year-old is unconscious in the intensive care unit. Now, I don't know the politics of the 16-year-old or his family. I don't know the politics of the attacker. But I can pretty much guarantee that the attackers are more than likely Democrats, liberal, leftist. And I can tell that because they have no respect for life. And when we go off and we take a look at this, and we take a look at what's going on, right now with the courts taking up abortion cases. This is why Roe v. Wade has been a disastrous policy. Not only was it not founded in any constitutional basis, Roe v. Wade, but because of the damage to the psyche that abortion provides. Because what abortion is saying is that life has no value. Life, if you find um, the life of a child inconvenient, just snuff it out of a baby. And so when you start off with the premise that right from the very beginning, a person doesn't have a right to live, that they have no human rights and that you can just slaughter them, then what value do they have as they are born and getting older? We now have multiple generations at this point that have been raised to believe that there is no value to life, that murder for the sake of convenience is perfectly acceptable. We also have a generation that has been raised to say that, hey, if people disagree with you on anything, they are a horrible, evil person, and that attacking them is like attacking Nazis. Anybody who disagrees with you is a Nazi. And so this is the predictable result of the left, of the left policy, their support for abortion and their support for violence for any reason. It's a complete disregard for life in any sense. And you take a look at places like Chicago, California, New York, rampant crime, rampant murders, no respect for life whatsoever. And they have been under the unending, unchallenged control of the Democrats and their policies. You know, you don't really see this type of violence in Republican areas or in Republican strongholds. And when you see it happen in in red states, it's always in a leftist-controlled city. And so, yeah, is this sad? Of course. Is it predictable? Yes, when you take a look at the left's policy. Absolutely zero respect for life. And of course, speaking of the Democrats' authoritarianism, you know, there's been a lot of problems with the school that have been exposed since the start of the pandemic. You know, finding out that they are teaching kids to be racist and anti-American. Well, the schools continue to prove that they don't care what you think as parents. In fact, the schools believe that your children belong to them and that as parents, you have no rights. You have no say. You have no control over your kids because your kids belong to the state and that you being allowed to raise them in your own home or allowed to have them live with you is a privilege, not a right. And so we see here at the Barack Obama Global Prep Academy, the school bribed students into taking COVID vaccinations, offering them pizza and other prizes if they would consent. The issue is students cannot give consent. So they're going off and trying to bribe students into providing consent to get a COVID shot 
who do not have the ability to provide consent because they're minors. The school knew that what they were doing was wrong, and they were even told not to tell their parents. Yes. So they're like, hey, take this COVID shot. I'll give you a pizza, but don't tell your parents that we gave you the COVID shot, okay? Keep it a secret. It's amazing how much the schools are trying to tell students to keep secrets from their parents over what the school is doing. It is sickening. And they're putting kids in danger because the school is just going off and saying, everyone should get a shot. Everyone should get a shot. But they don't take a look at whether or not it's safe for individual people to get a shot. I mean, every vaccine has a group of people that have negative reactions to it, where the vaccine is lethal to a certain segment of the population. And that's due to some genetic differences, genetic anomalies, health conditions. And so, but the left doesn't care about any of that. They don't care. They don't care. They're just going to stick you. And then if you die, you die. As far as they're concerned, you had no right to live to begin with. And so they're going off and now trying to bribe students into giving consent that they do not have the ability to give and telling them to keep it a secret from their parents. But as one woman speaking out, you know, is stating is that the school didn't understand that this one particular student wasn't the child of some anti-vax or anti-vax mandate parent. I, it, it, in fact, the mother is herself vaccinated. Her son, however, has several medical conditions because of which his mother chose not to get him the shot. The school didn't care about those medical conditions and whether or not the shot could have killed him or whether or not the choice not to get the shot may have been done in consultation with the doctor in review of this child's medical condition. This is the callousness of the Democrats. You know, they don't care about your medical history. They don't care if you're a part of the segment of the population in which this shot could be lethal to, which, by the way, plenty of people have died as a result of getting the COVID shot due to adverse reactions because of their individual medical condition. So the school doesn't care. They don't care about the medical conditions, gives a child what could potentially have been a fatal injection and bribed him with pizza to try and get him to consent, which he doesn't have the ability to do, and then told him, don't tell your mother. Don't tell your parents. This is the Democrats. They put your kids in danger, and they don't care because for them, they claim it's for the greater good. And they don't care about the science. They don't care about any of the actual data. They're going to demand that you take the shot, no matter what, and that it is better for you to die as a result of taking the shot than it is for you to be able to allowed to be continue living with the potential of being unvaccinated, infecting other people. That's right. I said it. As far as the Democrats are concerned, it is better for you to be dead than to be unvaxxed. It's better for society that you should die than to walk around unvaccinated. Of course, the vaccine is not an actual vaccine. It doesn't prevent you from spreading COVID. And in a lot of cases, it doesn't even prevent you from getting infected. And it doesn't matter that there are a lot more treatments that are more effective than the vaccine. They don't care. You either get vaxxed or die. That is, or, or even it is better for you to die vaccinated than to live unvaccinated. Absolutely sickening. And of course, with all of the dumpster fires, with all of the negative news, with all of the authoritarianism, of the Democrats. What what do they do? Well, MSNBC's Joy Reid compares Trump to Hitler. Of course she did, because she is a mindless idiot. Here it is, Joy Reid, one of the biggest racists on TV, which, by the way, there's a lot of competition between uh, Joy Reid all the way over to Don Len- Lennon, Lemon, uh, ah, sorry, I can't speak, over who is the biggest racist on TV. But right now, Joy Reid is at the top of the heat. She compares Trump to Hitler, even though there is nothing in common between Trump policies and Hitler. In fact, the Democrats support almost everything that Hitler support. But instead of just genocide against the Jews, it's genocide against the unborn black and brown babies. Yeah. I mean, you take a look at Hitler's platform, you take a look at the Democrats' platforms, and they're 99% in alignment. But it's comparing Trump to Hitler. 
Of course, because whenever the Democrats are up against the wall, there is outrage over the dumpster fires, that is their policies, the pain and suffering that they cause. The Democrats just go off and claim racism, sexism, homophobe, now transphobe, and then just start trying to make fake comparisons of Republicans to Hitler and their audience are trained like a bunch of mindless baboons to suddenly forget all of the disasters and suffering inflicted by the Democrats and just go, oh, well, you know, if they say this person's a racist, we can't listen to what they say. We, we don't care what the results of their policies are or what their policies actually are. We must vote against them and vote for the people that are causing our pain and suffering because at least they're not Hitler. You know, it's more like, it's, uh, it's along the lines that as long as the Democrats just go out and make all of these false, baseless accusations, that the Democrats' response after being slapped around, kicked down, and knocked down is just to respond with, thank you, can I have another? Absolutely pathetic. All right, so that's it uh, for this episode. Hey, as we go into the holiday season, I know, I know, it's been a while since I've been able to produce an episode and I'm not sure what the audio quality is, but even after I get my system back, as we go in to the holidays, uh, Christmas and New Year's, you know, the consistency of the podcast is going to be lacking. And I don't mean just because my system has crashed and I'm having to get it repaired and waiting on the parts to actually arrive and all of that. No, no, no. Um, it's going to be because of the holiday, holiday travels, which there's holiday travel involving Thanksgiving as well, but also because we have decided as a family that we are getting out of this liberal city. Yes, even though I live in Iowa, there is a couple of liberal cities, and I'm in one of the bluest counties in Iowa, and it has become unbearable to live in. So in addition to the holidays, there's the whole getting everything packed up searching for a new place uh, to live, which by the way, I mean, I, I know the county that I'm moving to, you know, because I've also accepted, um, you know, a big opportunity out, you know, on the other side of the state, you know, so there's going to be the whole, you know, hunting down for a house that would work and all of that. So we're moving out of the liberal hellhole County, moving to um, a, a deep red County where things are better a greater opportunity because remember podcasting is just my hobby. And so we are going to have to pack, get moved, get unpacked, settled in and all of that. And so that along with the holidays, you could understand that there's going to be a slight lack of consistency in how often I'm going to be able to get an episode in over the next two months. Yes. Even after the holidays, you know, so it might be a little bit uh, inconsistent all the way into February. All right, so I just wanted to let you know. However, it should be more consistent than what it's been since my system crashed, and I've needed to take it in and try and get some of the parts replaced. All right, so that's it uh, for this episode. I'd like to thank you so much for listening in, and hopefully, as long as I don't have any other technology problems, I will be back again soon.